Hey, if you're not sure what podcast you're listening to, I'll tell you. It's the Disciple Henson Podcast, and my name is Daniel Schreiner, and I'm one of the pastors at Henson, and I usually host this podcast when PK or someone else isn't doing it. And this week, I had the privilege of interviewing my friend and your friend, Mark Whitcomb, associate pastor here over administration and lots of other things, and he just taught in the Welcome to Henson class, the Church Covenant and the promises that we make to one another. And I thought it was a good conversation and I think you will think that it's a good conversation. Enjoy. All right, friends, I got Mark Whitcomb here in the Disciple Henson podcast studio here in the main building. Mark, thanks for joining us. Great to be here, Dan. Thanks Mark, for the invite. Yeah, and you can't see good today, but that shouldn't affect this podcast. No, as long as I can talk clearly, that's fine. You went to the eye doctor this morning. Yeah, first time, uh, boy, since I was probably a little kid. And uh, wouldn't you know it, I'm getting older and need glasses. So, But you were able to make it over here from the annex. Uh, we didn't have to hold hands to get over here. But would that have been a little awkward? For two it, blocks? It, it would have been helpful, actually. Okay. I'm sorry I didn't <laughs> offer. I'm not a good friend. Uh, but Mark, we're not here to talk about your vision, um, although we could go a number of directions with that. Indeed. indeed. Uh, but uh, your, your vision for a church covenant. We're going to talk about church covenant. You just taught the Welcome to Henson class this last Sunday. Yes. Right, this last yeah. Sunday yep. on church covenant, and uh, so let's we're going to talk a little bit about what a church covenant is, why we have one, any particulars about our church covenant, and kind of the story of why we why we have one here at Henson, and why Baptist churches generally have have used these over the years. Um, so let's start just basic. What is a church covenant? Yeah, so uh, a church covenant is really that uh, commitment and agreement uh, with brothers and sisters in Christ who are at the same church of how we're going to live out our faith, how we're going to care for one another, and therefore trying to put expression to uh, not just what we believe, which is the statement of faith, Mm -hmm. but how we're going to live those beliefs out with one another. Great. So what about though, I mean, just similar to statement of faith argument for not having a statement of faith, someone could just say, well, we have the Bible. Yeah. Why, why do we need like a document saying how we're going to live together? Don't we have the scriptures? Yeah, we do. And there's a lot in the scriptures that instruct us how we should be living. But for us in our covenant community to, uh, put verbal expression to, and to be clear about what we're committed to and, and what we are going to do for one another to maintain the relationship. It provides clarity, uh, provides direction, and even for our own hearts, a check and balance on what I've committed to to other Christians. Great. And that committed to is what I want to pick up next. Is there any like modern parallel? Because the word covenant isn't a word that we're usually using um, every day or in yeah. other aspects of our life. Yeah. So the, the, uh, probably clearest parallel uh, is when we go to a wedding. We observe people who uh, we could use the the language of covenant, uh, but a, a husband and wife who are making vows to one another to say, this is how I'm going to care for you. And any of us would kind of be flabbergasted if we went to a wedding and the husband got up and just said, trust me, I'm there for you. It's all going to be good. We'll see how things go. We, we'd kind of look for him to make a stronger commitment to say, no, this is how I'm going to live with you for better or for worse. If we're rich or poor, everything I have, you know, to mm-hmm. care for you. And so we hear that language in marriage and realize, 
Oh yeah, in the vows, they're making a covenant of how they're committed to care for one another. And it's explicit, it's clear on what that care is gonna look like. And so in a similar way, uh, as a church, when we're committing to one another, we want to be able to express what is that commitment gonna look like to make those vows to one another as we seek to care for one another and raise one another up. Yeah, the marriage the marriage is a great place to, for comparison. I mean, there's obviously discontinuity because we don't make a promise to a church for life, correct? Uh, like a local church. Yeah. Um, although we could come back to that because in many ways, <laughs> by uh, coming into covenant with uh, our church here at Henson, you are making a, a promise to continue to follow Jesus in a gospel believing yeah. church for life. Yeah. Um, but this just popped into my head when you were talking about we'd be flabbergasted if we went to a wedding and we saw um, these oaths like uh, the, a covenant is a two way street. So yeah. it, it would be really shocking, I think, even for like a non Christian, if you know they had some vows um, or uh, the vow time looked like maybe the husband just making some promises or saying some things yeah. about what he was going to do for the soon to be wife. And the wife would just be like, that sounds good. Yeah. That, that'll work for me. Yep. But no, it's, it's like a two way street. Yep. So there's, there's uh the, and that's, that's what the covenant is getting to. And that's why we don't just say like promise, although promises may be another good way to talk about it, but it's like promises made that are like con conjoined yeah. or I don't know what the right word is, or yeah. that's a, that's a word, but there it's a, it's a two way street that we're entering in between individual believer and church family. Yeah. And, it brings with it a weightiness, a seriousness uh, of commitment mm -hmm. that it isn't just, I'm, you know, I'm going to do my best, but actually there's a part of me of which I'm going to give, I'm going to sacrifice to care for the other. Yeah, that's great. So in one sense, uh, when we vote on, um, new members yeah. in our congregational meetings, that might seem a little formal and strange if you didn't, you know, if that's new to you, but maybe a good way to think of it is like, this is kind of like marriage vows. Oh yeah. You know, like yeah. when I'm saying yes, um, uh, and welcoming someone in and even releasing someone, we're, we're making these kind yeah. of vows. And, uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but that's actually one of the reasons we remind each other of the covenant. And we say that covenant together before we vote in new members or help members resign. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's good. Well, let's keep on moving. Like, um, we already talked about this a little bit, but church, we don't have a command in scripture, like thou shalt have a church covenant in order. Can you, can you even have a church without a church covenant? Like they're not commanded in scripture. Correct. Yeah. So, um, you know, you're going to have a hard time finding that proof text, so to speak, mm -hmm. that says thou shalt have a church covenant. Uh, and yet, uh, we clearly see the language of covenant all throughout scripture and we understand God's covenants with his people. Mm -hmm. Um, but in that context of local church, we see that, uh, there are people who are called to care for one another. We have a lot of one another texts all throughout the new Testament that tell us what that relationship should look like. And it's really difficult for us to look at that and say, well, I guess I have to do this for all Christians all over the world. Mm. Um, I'm going to meet, people in other parts of the country or other parts of the world that might be Christians. And yet I have a different level of commitment to them than I do the people who are in my local church. Yeah. Commitment and responsibility that would kind of go together yes. there. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, once again, like there isn't a proof text for everything we do no. in uh, in the life of the church, but we yeah. we think along standing on the shoulders of you know hundreds of years of churches have have done this. And yeah, and it's a good way, kind of like a statement of faith, to summarize from Scripture what we think our responsibilities and yeah. our commitment to one another yeah. looks like. And I think a lot of people who uh, come into even Henson church context, or if there's another church that has a church covenant that's being used, uh, maybe they've never heard of it and it might be surprising to them. And yet, if you look at history, historically churches have had church covenants for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so this isn't something new to our culture or anything like that. It's actually uh, something we can do with confidence of many other faithful churches for thousands of years before us who have done this. Yeah, that's great. Well, well, let's talk about not thousands of years, but, uh, Henson's church covenant, where, uh, where does our church covenant come from? Yeah. So, uh, Jeff Chang, a number of years ago, one of our uh, former associate pastors, um, did uh, a good amount of work to kind of research and find out. And unfortunately we don't know our original church covenant per se. We don't have those documents, but, uh, he was able to see, uh, four iterations, uh, throughout the years. And one of the reasons that question came up was realizing, uh, there was a church covenant and yet we didn't have, we weren't using it. Yeah. That we weren't actively using that church covenant. So Michael Lawrence kind of tasked Jeff with find out the history there, find out what it's about. And, uh, really what Jeff found out was we had a church covenant. It was kind of in a filing cabinet and it's usability, uh, it was going to be difficult to use in a public mm -hmm. setting, the way mm -hmm. that it was written, mm -hmm. um, and even some of uh, the challenges there uh, to the Christian were going to be hard for the whole church body to commit to. And so uh, Jeff put together a subcommittee uh, of folks who kind of reviewed a, a number of different church covenants, as well as our own historical church covenants, uh, and kind of worked out through the New Testament and uh other covenants, what does our church covenant look like now? Hmm, hmm. Yeah, I, I do remember even before I was at Henson, uh, you know, I knew Michael was coming here even, I think, before he was a pastor. And I remember seeing on Henson's webpage, oh, they have a church covenant. Yeah. You know, it's on the webpage. But uh, like you said, even though that, that predated Michael and it had predated, you know, I assume from the very beginning of Henson, 1879, they signed a church yeah. covenant. Oh, yeah. And it was probably the New Hampshire that went along with the New Hampshire Statement of Faith, 1833, yep. 1853, um, that they were using. Uh, but one funny story, or one thing I remember about that process when, uh, you know, Jeff helped form some just church members. So it wasn't yep. even elders yep. to, to kind of revise our church covenant. Yeah. Uh, the back and maybe it was 2015, 2016, or yeah, it was adopted we, in 2017. It was adopted in 2017. Okay. So probably the year or two before that. Yeah. I remember some of those members feeling at the time, I think it was coming at the same time that we we're revising our statement of practices again. Yep. And some, and they're just like, come on, not another document. Yeah. Like there's so much document, uh, revising going on right now. We think it's a little much, yep. uh, but they were that, you know, they were, uh, patient and uh, faithful to take a look at this and there, but they were just giving this feedback to Jeff, which was yeah. really good feedback. And, but Jeff had the great, he is like, they're, I think they're all sitting in his living room and he's like, well, let's just read it like out loud yeah. because they had worked, they had worked hard on it. And he's like, what if we just read it out loud, like in unison, kind of like we do before the Lord's supper, yeah. you know, six times a year or in the congregational meetings. And they, when they read it out loud and hearing those words spoken out loud, kind of similar to maybe like a wedding ceremony, yep. it was like, 
wow, actually that's pretty powerful. Yeah. And, uh, I think that that moment may have changed the, a little bit of the tone mm. of, uh, of kind of adopting that and seeking to, to use it as a church, yeah. not just like, oh yeah, we have one of these that is on our webpage or it's in a filing cabinet. So what are some ways, I mean, we've already kind of alluded to it, but what are some ways that we're seeking to use our church covenant? Yeah. So, uh, the three primary ways, one, uh, anyone who's coming into church membership, mm -hmm. um, we're asking them to read through that in the mm -hmm. statement of faith mm -hmm. and to sign it, to mm -hmm. say, yes, this is what I believe. And yes, this is what I'm willing to commit to and, uh, take that responsibility on for this congregation. Uh, but then we seek to remind ourselves uh, regularly. So we do it before, uh, at the very beginning of congregational meetings. Um, and so that's every other month. Mm -hmm. uh, and that really does help set the tone for the meeting. I think so. These are the ways we are, are responsible for one another. Uh, and then uh, we use it before the Lord's Supper. Uh, on the off months from our congregational meetings, we use it uh, as we go into the Lord's Supper to remind ourselves, um, yes, we have this covenant relationship with the Lord and we, we want to bring ourselves into account for that before we participate in the, in the supper together. But we also have made this commitment to one another mm -hmm. and this covenant relationship. And therefore, not only am I seeking to uphold that relationship with the Lord, but am I seeking to do that with his people as well? Yeah. And it, and it provides an opportunity for us to assess our hearts before we take the Lord's Supper together. Yeah. I, I appreciate you bringing out like that opportunity to examine ourselves because I think in the context of first Corinthians 11, and we're going to get there, Lord willing yeah. in Michael's sermon yeah. series, but I even just growing, growing, I've had the privilege of growing up in really good churches, but it was always my automatic just because maybe I'm, I'm, you know, proud and selfish and an American like, uh, individualist. Yeah that idea of examining ourselves, I would be just examining mainly my individual relationship with Jesus yeah. as I'm thinking about my own struggles with sin and my yeah. own pursuit of holiness. But it was only recently that I thought like, wait a second, it's saying examine like yourselves plural, yeah. like before you come to the table. Yeah. So um, even though that might feel again, a little strange, maybe in our context to recite something in unison, um, you know, it's it, for some people it might <laughs> yeah. feel like, especially, you know, if you've watched a lot of TV and like the Simpsons and it's like a, like a cult saying, but it's, a, it's an opportunity to do that very thing in first Corinthians yeah. 11, I think examine ourselves. Yeah. And, and that and text came up in our Sunday class, uh, this last week. Um, and so we read through all of first Corinthians 11 and I did encourage them. Michael's going to talk about it, uh, preach through that text soon. But when you, when you just read that text and you think hard about the context, you're realizing the bookends at the beginning and end of first Corinthians 11 is to call them into accountability of how they're caring for one another. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and it's easy for us to forget that, mm -hmm. uh, coming to the Lord's supper. And so the covenant serves in a way to remind us, oh, this is what we've committed to. How are we doing in our care for one another in the church? Great. Well, we've, we've talked kind of generally about what our covenant is, how we use it, where ours particular came from, but what, um, what about some, how to think about the individual parts of our covenant? Like how would you summarize some of the sections? Yeah. So we generally, uh, think in kind of three different sections. The first section being about how do we engage, uh, our calling to engage the church community. Uh, and so we talk about our unity, uh, in the work of the Holy spirit. Uh, the fact that we're seeking to advance uh, one another towards our knowledge, holiness, and comfort in the Lord, uh, as well as our commitment to gather with one another and to pray with one another. So all kind of language of how do we engage one another 
uh, to see God's work in our lives. But then I thought that God, that God's grace or the gospel was supposed to take us out of our comfort zone. <laughs> it says, uh, for the advancement of this church and knowledge, holiness, and comfort. Yeah. Comfort seems like that one of these things like that does not belong. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Uh, yeah. So that, uh, particular term, they're reminding us of the comfort that we have in the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the peace that is actually spoken about in the prior phrase that, uh, we are given unity of the spirit in the bond of peace, that there is peace in the life of a Christian. There is comfort that we have because in the section that I'm about to reference, it's going to talk about whether things are good, we rejoice or things are bad and we mourn together. Uh, there is comfort in both of those, mm-hmm. um, in the Lord. And so therefore compelling one another, uh, in some ways to be content, mm-hmm. to be content in the Lord. Oh, that's good. That's helpful. So wait, this first section, how did you characterize this section? Yeah. The first section is really, uh, that commitment to engage in community that we are going to be an engaged be together. And that's okay. definitely one of the phrases that stands out is that we are committed to gathering together with mm-hmm. one another. We will regularly gather together, engaging in gospel community, rejoicing with each other's happiness and bearing one another's burdens and sorrows. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's that, there's yeah. actually that section on rejoicing in happiness, but bearing with one another's burdens. Nice. So yeah. what about this next section? Yeah. So the next section, uh, really focuses on our relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. um, realizing that we can encourage each other to live better and moral, more holy. Mm-hmm. And yet we really want to be encouraging each other towards Christ, mm-hmm. uh, and Christ likeness. And so there, uh, is that commitment to pursue the Lord Jesus Christ through the ordinary means of grace, um, encouraging one another to take advantage of what Christ has given us in the church, in his word, uh, in prayer, uh, as well as then to go on to talk about how we are going to seek to nurture and admonish one another in the Lord, right? That uh, we're not just growing in good morality, but we're actually growing in our knowledge of God and his work in our hearts. Um, And part of that is seeking to see others come to know the gospel, one of the functions of the church covenant is affirming uh, the uh, conversion of one another, that we would affirm the assurance that God has saved us. Mm-hmm. We're seeing that lived out in one another's lives. Uh, and then kind of the the next phrase there, uh, that we would live honorably before the world, recognizing we're made new in Christ, we're raised mm-hmm. up in Christ, and therefore our, our identity is not just Hinson Baptist Church, but actually followers of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there's the commitment to point one another to pursue Christ likeness, to pursue Christ himself. So, okay. So if the first section is uh, kind of engaging in one another, maybe like if you were to choose a key phrase in that first section, like engaging in gospel community, maybe yeah. the second section would be pursuing Christ together. That's right. And then is there a third section? Yeah. So the third section, uh, is actually, we're, we're good Baptists. So you got to have three. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, is really pulling off of the last phrase, um, of the previous section, which is now focusing on how do we live that out to the watching world? Mm. Um, and therefore living out the gospel. And that's actually done through guarding one another mm-hmm. from the deceitfulness of sin. Um, and therefore calling one another to accountability. Um, and, and then part of that is our, our willingness to walk patiently with one another as we battle sin, as we deal with sin, and then to be clearly proclaiming uh, the gospel, um, promote faithful gospel ministry in this church and around the world uh, through how we function. And and then kind of the last uh, phrase there on our action is that we would, if we're going to leave a church, that we would 
leave Henson and go to another gospel preaching church. All right, those those phrases all pull together the idea that we're living out this covenant to a watching world. And and I even describe this as the world should look at our covenant church community mm-hmm. of Henson Baptist Church and say these there's no reason all of these diverse and weird people should all get along. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't really be friends. They shouldn't care for each other in this unique way. And our covenant is describing here, even in this last section, we're going to do this so that the world can get a better understanding of God's kingdom, of the diversity of God's kingdom, of a people who are unified, not in all these common things we have in the world of sports or politics or family uh, or social status, but the fact that we're unified in Christ and in in God himself, uh, who brings unity to our church body. So that final section helping us think about what does the watching world see in in our covenant community? How are we living out the gospel and preaching the gospel to them? So engaging in gospel community together, pursuing Christ together, and living out living it out uh, for the good of one another and for the the witness our witness maybe yeah. or something that's like right. that. Great. That's right. Great. And that's a good summary. And if you uh, want to see uh, the text of our church covenant, you can go to our website, Who Are We? Our Beliefs, and you can scroll down and see it there. Yeah. Um, and again, this church covenant came from the faithful work of a number of our church members who, yeah. again, we're trying to be faithful to some of the different iterations of our previous church covenants, as well as looking at some other churches, but mainly looking at scripture yep. and seeking to summarize uh, what we're called to as right. as uh, as the people of God in a local congregation. Yeah. Um, so as you as you do look at these, I mean, I, I've had interesting conversations and I've even felt this from from time to time. I'm like, man, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> I don't feel comfortable signing this yeah. because I, th- these are some some weighty promises. Yeah. So how should we think about that if we're like, yeah, I I don't I don't know if I've always I don't feel like I've always lived carefully and honorably before the world. I don't know if I've lovingly guarded my brothers and sisters from the deceitfulness of sin like I ought. And it can kind of feel a little bit guilt and shame inducing to, yeah. to read some of these things. So how should I think of that? Yeah, he's got to bear that, you know, and just suffer. Just, no. just buck up. <laughs> uh, no, not at all. Um, the reality is none of us can can keep this covenant perfectly. If, if we could, we were Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore we are going to fail in different ways at different times, uh, to fulfill this covenant well. And yet that's why we use it, uh, as a helpful tool to call us to accountability. Mm. Um, so that I have something to look at and say, oh, I, I have fallen short in these areas, uh, to ask the Lord for forgiveness, to ask fellow church members for forgiveness if needed, and then to pursue Christ likeness even more by applying some of these principles to our own heart, because we know they come from scripture. This is what the Bible has called us to. And so, yeah, we're, we're all going to fail at withhold, you know, upholding this uh, covenant in some way at some point. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes my willingness to repent and pursue uh, restoration with fellow Christians. Um, I think where our concerns would come as a church is if somebody's failing to keep this covenant and yet unwilling to repent from that. And they're kind of set in their ways of not caring for our church covenant. 
I'm going to come back to that. Uh, but to summarize, I think what you're saying is uh, it's aspirational. Yes. And like many of the songs we sing, it made me think mm, of uh, yeah. 10,000 Reasons. And sometimes I feel a little funny. Uh, that one line, like, uh, sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll wor- worship your holy name. And sometimes I can get a little mathematical or weird about that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm singing this like never before. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm singing yeah. this more truer. But that's, it's, it's, it's aspirational. It's prayerful. Like, Lord, yeah. help me sing this to you in a pure and holy way. Just like we're calling one another and ourselves to, yeah. to live this out in the power of the spirit, not in our own effort. Yeah. So now you mentioned, uh, like you said a couple times, like accountability, I didn't prepare it. Feel free to, <laughs> we can have a conversations about, about this cause I didn't prepare you for this. But, um, you know, if we think about covenant, like promises, and if we let's end where we kind of began, with uh, the comparison to a marriage covenant um, and that these are pretty serious biblical commands that we're called to, would we ever discipline someone for not keeping our church covenant? Uh, In a way, sure. Um, Not because of the church covenant itself, but because of the biblical principles that are behind the church covenant. Uh, And if there was a time that uh, somebody was failing to uh, seek uh, the care and love of a fellow church member, um, if they were no longer uh, seeking after the Lord in their relationship uh, with him, then yeah, we would start to call into question, uh, are you living out the Christian life? Because we believe that our church covenant reflects biblical principles that all Christians are called to and particularly apply to our church congregation. And so uh, is it like we're looking at the church covenant in someone's life to say, are you holding up to this? No, but when we review the church covenant and we're thinking about the biblical principles, uh, it should strike us uh, of concerns that we would have towards a fellow church member who aren't living out some of these principles. And I think, you know, this informed uh, the, the congregation's decision that we made even recently to to say that we do have the responsibility um, in, in terms of keeping one another accountable, mm-hmm. um, that we could, uh, find ourselves, uh, disciplining a member who has ceased to regularly gather with the congregation for, uh, a, you know, a long period of time, yeah. um, and as an act of discipline. And so I, again, like I'm actually looking at our, uh, statement of practices that we adopted, but what the the statement of practices points to God's word. It yes. points to Matthew eighteen. It points, you know, it's uh, we're, it's going to be in line of what we're thinking in terms of Hebrews ten and that calling to regularly gather with God's people. But again, our church covenant kind of brings maybe a little more um, clarity. And uh, uh, something that we can grab a hold of and say, this is what we're, uh, we've promised to do with one another. And, uh, and what a high calling and what a, a, you know, in a, both a joyful, but also a heavy way, because, you know, you and I think of members of our church that we maybe even reach out to who we think, um, you know, maybe are no longer keeping this covenant that they've made with this congregation and in love, we're trying to patiently, um, you know, lovingly reach out to them to show care. And I would hope that someone would do the same for us exactly. if we were to find ourselves kind of straying from these promises that yeah. we've made to, uh, to one another. And sim- again, in a similar way that if, uh, if we were in a marriage commitment and we had neglected our, our marriage, our marriage yeah. vows. Yeah. So, 
Mark, anything else uh, that you wanted to talk about from uh, the Church Covenant class this last Sunday or anything else you want to say about Church Covenant? Uh, I think the the only other kind of last thing I'd say for myself has just been how good it has been to, to study this occasionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and therefore, perhaps maybe your small group or as a family, mm-hmm. you would take time to look through the Church Covenant sometime in the next month or two uh, to remind yourself um, in a more slow process than just reading it uh, or affirming it together on a Mm -hmm. Sunday morning or a Sunday evening uh, is that you think about these principles for your own heart, your own life, and the way that you live them out to the church community. That's great. Mark, thanks for teaching the class on Sunday, and uh, thanks to all who came to the class. Yeah. And uh, thanks for having this conversation. I hope that you can see better after this conversation. I'm feeling great, so. Excellent. Thanks, Dan.